When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, kinfolk? It's RJ Young. Today on the show, we got to talk about this extremely chalk top four in the college football playoff rankings. Which teams have a realistic road to the college football playoff? And are we going to get some new blood? Let's go. It's the number one college football show. It's RJ Young. I am not on a step mill. Thank you for watching on the Fox Sports app, YouTube, or listening wherever it is you get your podcast. Today, let's talk about this very chalky Week 12 college football playoff ranking. Starting with our top six, falling about as we thought that they would. At number one, we have the Georgia Bulldogs, who look like a number one plus about eight spaces. Number two, Ohio State. Number three, Michigan. That's going to sort itself out in just over two weeks' time. Can't be more excited about the game and the prospect of these two teams walking into the shoe undefeated for the first time collectively since 2006. At number four, we got Texas Christian. Lots to say about the Texas Christian Horn Frog, especially coming off of their really dominating defensive performance against the University of Texas, which last week was a ranked opponent, but this week is just another one with more than three losses. Number five, Tennessee could be in the, well, cockpit on deck for that number four spot without an SEC title. Interesting. Number six, we have LSU, who could also vault into the college football playoff with an SEC title. I don't think the LSU is good enough to beat Georgia, but then again, I didn't really think the Alabama was going to lose to Georgia last year in the national championship game. We'll have to wait and see. And number seven, USC ain't getting absolutely any respect from anybody. Now, they got to play UCLA later this weekend. UCLA decided to port- torpedo their chances and possibly USC's by taking an L to Arizona and dropping in the standings, or not in the standings so much as in the rankings because they did drop in the standings too, to basically mess up the Pac-12 even more. And USC is its only hope with UCLA and Notre Dame left to play and possibly Pac-12 championship game. Now, we knew who was going to be in the top five, probably, you know, would replace Somebody like, I don't know, Oregon at number six. And then to figure out where Oregon falls with respect to how good Washington is, that was going to be an interesting question to ask as well. When I looked at the top 25, I did not expect to see Oregon dropping past number 12. But, you know, them's the breaks. You lose to Georgia by 46. You get beat by a Washington team you should beat at home. Yeah, they're probably going to drop you to number 12. But honestly... There's some people that are thinking they probably should be dropping further. Now, there are nine teams that we think still have a realistic chance to get to the college football playoff. And if I'm being honest with you, 
I think there are a couple of these teams that we don't even need to mention basically on the strength of the conference, but we will, right? And those nine teams are Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, Texas Christian. That's pretty much the only four teams left in all of the sport that control their own destiny. Each one of those teams wins their next two games plus the conference championship. They're getting in. And if you're Georgia, all you got to do is show up to the SEC championship game undefeated. You could take an L to LSU and still get in. Just going to mess with how we do the seating. And we know that Georgia would like nothing more than to just go down the street once again to play in the Peach Bowl, right? In their first round, shall we say, Cupcake week, because that's how it's going to feel, because that number four spot's been a dunker spot. That number one team has always been just so very good here of late. Michigan-Ohio State, again, the game. We're going to see two great defensive coordinators in Jesse Minter and Jim Knowles going against two great offenses, one led by Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson, the other one led by the firm of Matt Weiss and one Sharon Moore. We still don't know who calls the plays, and apparently I'm the only person still upset about that. But Blake Corum is a dude back there. He's in the Heisman Trophy conversation. On the other side, C.J. Stroud is a dude back there. He's in the Heisman Trophy conversation. If we get to see a fully healthy Ohio State and one that is absolutely firing on all cylinders in all three phases of the game, look out. That's a national championship contender for me and the only team, I believe, with enough talent to go at Georgia's neck and make a ball game out of it. We'll have to wait and see if they can just make a ball game out of Michigan because last year they lost this game. This year they're back with a vengeance wanting to get to this game in the worst way. Texas Christian, their problem is they have to be undefeated. They absolutely have to be undefeated. We go through some scenarios a little bit later about how you can get two Big Ten teams into the conference championship, but that also implies that one of those teams can carry a loss. Texas Christian cannot. One of the reasons that this is important right now, just to point it out, is their schedule gets weaker because it's a round-robin schedule, right? Another way of saying, if you have divisions, not unlike the SEC and the Big Ten, you ain't got to play everybody in your conference. So we don't actually get to see how you measure up. And those win-loss records don't look as bad as they otherwise should if, say, the Big Ten West had to play Ohio State and Michigan, Penn State, even Maryland, Every other week, it'd be a much different sport, much different conference. Then getting into really the four teams out of the nine who haven't made the college football playoff before, this is where it starts to get spicy, right? Because to finish this out, we had Tennessee, LSU, USC, Clemson, North Carolina. Of those nine teams that I had mentioned, four of them have never made the playoff, right? So the first one to mention for me, and this is going to go backward and forward so I can land on the point that I want to raise at the end of this, North Carolina. North Carolina ain't even supposed to be in this conversation. So for them to be in this conversation just basically a week before Thanksgiving is phenomenal. Full respect to what Mac Brown has done and more specifically what Phil Longo has done with that offense. Coming into this season, nobody was sure that Drake May was even going to be the starting quarterback. It was Jacoby Criswell who was getting kind of the lead. Bill Longo's going, Drake's got a lot of talent, but I'm not sure that I want to trust him back there. And he looked like a giraffe on skates to start the season. But he has so grown into that position, and his talent has manifested. He has vaulted himself not just from being one of the best players in the ACC to the best freshman in the ACC to a Heisman Trophy contender over these previous 11 weeks. His one loss to a Notre Dame team that also lost to Clemson, a team that is in this conversation, but also... You know, it's going to get the benefit of the doubt of having won two national championships inside the college football playoff format. UNC has not been in the deep water in this way. I'm curious if they go and beat a Clemson in the ACC championship game, and let's say they do it by two touchdowns. 
How are you going to keep them out if, if Texas Christian, Ohio State or Michigan, Georgia are all undefeated, right? What are you going to do there? Are you going to really try to vault Tennessee into that spot knowing they don't have a conference championship? It's going to be interesting. And for UNC, this would be such a big deal. And it would round out a phenomenal 2022 for the University of North Carolina because it is not quiet and it is not kept. UNC handed Mike Krzyzewski its final, his final loss at Duke in the final four. Sent him packing with Hubert Davis, their first black head coach in UNC history, showing him the door. Now they get to the Kansas Jayhawks and they take an L. But if UNC can make the college football playoff in the same year that they made the Final Four, they would join just one other school that has pulled that off. You're right. My university, Oklahoma Sooners. Yeah. Yeah. And we're a softball school. That's not quiet, and that's not kept either. That's what we do. We play softball, okay? We especially play softball when my team is not in one of these nine spots or one of these four spots because we're just not good this year. All right, next on the list for me is Pac-12's USC. It's final hope at breaking its drought of having not had a team in the college football playoff for six years. Washington is the last team to make the college football playoff from the Pac-12 And that was so long ago that their head coach is working on a desk at Fox. That's what it is for the Pac-12 right now. Y'all are so good at eliminating each other that we have replaced Clemsoning on this show with Oregoning because that's just what it is. Now, UCLA took a loss to Arizona in a really competitive game that I think people are dunking on Arizona because they've been bad the last few years. But if you stayed up until 1, 2 a.m. local like I did, To watch the game, you'd see that that's a different Arizona team than the ones that you've seen in years past, and they absolutely gave UCLA the business. UCLA also got some really great wins on its resume. Washington, the team that beat Oregon, and Utah, the team that damn near, right? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Damn near we're still in this conversation, but lost or got that win against USC, the team that we expect to make the, the Pac-12, excuse me, the college football playoff if they make the Pac-12 championship game and win. You got to beat UCLA this weekend. You have to beat Notre Dame the next, and then you can't lose in the, in the Pac-12 championship. And then you have to hope that one of these teams that is Tennessee, Texas Christian, Ohio State, Michigan, Georgia, not only take an L, but just kind of don't look good, especially in the case of Tennessee. We're still talking about them because, frankly, they deserve to be talked about. That's the third team of these four that has not made the college football playoff. And I think it would be phenomenal for them to get there because they get to experience what Oklahoma experiences. Yeah, we feel good about getting to the playoff with one loss. We have a dynamic offense. We can absolutely score on everybody not named Georgia. But then Georgia shows up and they drop a hammer on your head. Now, the issue I have with this is Oklahoma normally had to wait until the college football playoff to get hammered by the likes of Clemson, Georgia, LSU, and Alabama. Good God, man. And each year, those are really good damn football teams. Now, Tennessee already got beat down by Georgia. And I, for one, don't want to see them play another road game against Georgia. But it's there. And we're going to talk about why that is significant. But 
Look, Tennessee hadn't been good, like good, good since the 20th century, right? 25 years ago, they were good, good. And even in those 25 years, you had Amon Green showing up to your door to show Peyton Manning what's really good because that Nebraska team was absolutely tearing you apart. And then T. Martin and whatnot, so forth, so on. And then Phil Fulmer said the balls are back, and they absolutely were not. We got Derek Dooley on stools. We got Lane Kiffin getting run out on a rail. We got Butch Jones talking about Eric Stryker have some, show some class. All of that transpired. And what did Tennessee have to get into the playoff? But the last Oklahoma quarterback to win a national championship and an Oklahoma alumnus leading its program. Also, I'm going to point this out because I pointed this out in the Saturday live show. I'm going to point it out again for you. Tennessee, you're welcome. From uh, uh, us Oklahoma fans, this is your Christmas present. Oklahoma lost five conference cha- uh, conference games in a season for the first time since 1998. You know what happened the last time Oklahoma lost five conference games in one season? Tennessee won the national championship. So apparently the college football playoff selection committee watches the number one college football show, not unlike yourself. All right. On this list, finally, I want to end with this one as we're talking about these four. Texas Christian. My goodness, what it would be for the Texas Christian Horn Frogs to walk into the college football playoff strutting. I don't give a damn if they are going to go up against Georgia that might hand them their head. Look, take it back to 2014, okay? We had three teams that absolutely positively deserved to be playing in the college football playoff, but you could only have one. One of them was Ohio State. Goes on to win the national championship and make the committee look very, very good. One is Baylor who was stopping a mud hole in almost everybody they played and walking it dry. And the other was Texas Christian. Now, this is interesting because Texas Christian joined the conference just three years prior, 2012, and was bad in 2013 and was awesome in 2014. Stopped a mud hole in Iowa State and walked it dry. And the college football playoff selection committee thumbed its nose at the small Christian university in Texas for the very large state university in Ohio. Now. In Ohio State's defense, they had been monsters for the two years prior, and Texas Christian had not, right? They ran the table in 2012 undefeated and did not get to play for a national championship when they're probably the team to beat Alabama and not Notre Dame. Sorry, producer Tyler. But they had a bowl ban. And then in 2013, they're very good again. 2014, yeah, you lose to Vautech, but you've been running the table ever since. They get to the playoff, and they take care of business, all right? Since then, though, many of us have asked the question, what happens if Texas Christian is in an expanded playoff or even gets into that four spot? And now Texas Christian is in a position to get in there whether the college football playoff committee likes it or not because they satisfied the top-line criteria. Are you a Power 5 team? Only one non-Power 5 team has made the playoff. Did you run the table? And did you win your conference championship? Because those are all more or less data points. Save the are you a power five team, but you get what I'm saying. They're about brands, just like you're about brands. If I show you two boxes of Kleenex, you're probably going to pick the one that says Kleenex and not the one that says great value because that's just how you roll, right? Now, I also think it's fascinating because Gary Patterson is who is synonymous with Texas Christian football. And how could he not be? He is the reason we talk about them. They have been great for 20 years because of him. Stepped down last year. And then took a job at the place that he absolutely destroyed, loved destroying the University of Texas. 
they still got the statue out in front of TCU because that's how they roll. They're going to be the bigger people, quite literally, because they got the bigger statue. You get what I'm saying? But they went and whooped up on Texas, and they did it in a way in which I've said you have to do to win championships. You got to have a defense. In this day and age of college football, everybody can score. And Sonny Dykes is one of those dudes that wants to throw the football. He want to run it up. He's an air raid guy. He hired Garrett Riley, Lincoln Riley's little brother, who runs a pro raid, not unlike Lincoln Riley runs. And frankly, they look a lot similar. I mean, they're, they're literal brothers, right? But Joe Gillespie on the other side has made them into the contender that they are. They run a 3-3 stack that not everybody knows what to do with. They run some really cool simulated pressures. They can occupy one gap with two dudes. Or excuse me, they can occupy two gaps with one dude. Set it backwards. And then they have three safeties that any one of them can come downhill and make tackles for you and be your cleanup crew. Okay? I like them. I also think they beat up on Baylor. They beat up on Iowa State. They beat up on, let's say, Kansas State, for the sake of argument now, in the Big 12 championship game. And then they get to thumb their nose at TC, at TC, at the CFP, as TCU. It's late. I'm sorry. Now, what path do we see for anybody else? Like, the way I want to get at this is, this is chalk. And for those of y'all that don't know sports betting or don't care about idioms or didn't try to get a PhD at Oklahoma State in English and then end up dropping out so you could be college football analyst at Fox and pursue your dream job, it's an idiom for, hey, the betting favorite used to take a bunch of the money. That's how favorites become favorites. That the Vegas or whoever's making the odds says which one of these people or these teams or these entities are people most likely to want to throw their money on. Cool. We'll make that the favorite. Okay. The chalk comes from you would erase the name of the, uh, the uh, not the name of the favorite, but the name of the odds next to the favorite. And you would make the, that line a little bit sturdier, a little bit slimmer. So fewer people wanted to bet it. Right, because going from let's say Texas Christian is a 24 point favorite against Baylor, I don't think that they are. I didn't really check. You're probably thinking Baylor's not very good, and you probably think that Baylor also can cover that 24 points because you don't think that much of Texas Christian. All right, that's one way of getting into it. But chalk is we think these teams are the favorites, these teams are going to stay where they stay, and that's not any fun, is what I'm saying. I like chaos, I like the decentralization of the sport when we can use it to our advantage. I like it that we could have an expanded playoff where all the regions are coming together in a centralized format that is an expanded playoff. But until then, let's lean into the things that make us different. And one of the things that makes us different is we judge conferences. We think one conference is better than another conference. But if you are a savvy college football fan, you know that the SEC has been running college football basically since 2004. Yes, I know that USC had their blip quite literally, a blip, 2003 to about 2007, when they were decent to good to outstanding. But Auburn went undefeated in 04, and Urban Meyer won championships at Florida in 06 and 08. And then here comes the juggernaut that is Alabama and Nick Saban. And in between there, you got LSU. And my goodness, you've had even Mississippi and Ole Miss occupying top three spots in college football playoff era. Okay, that's before I talk about LSU in 2019. It's the conference of conferences. And what I see from these rankings is we could see either three college football playoff teams from the SEC or two college football playoff teams from the Big Ten. Now, I'm going to talk about the Big Ten one, and then I'm going to talk about the SEC one. So the way that I think that this could go for the Big Ten is no matter how you slice it, you're not getting 
a Big Ten West champion into the college football playoff. I don't care if they do win the Big Ten championship. It's just not going to happen. You're just going to make it really difficult for Ohio State or Michigan to get in with a loss. Matter of fact, damn near impossible. However, if Ohio State or Michigan beat down one or the other and then roll uh, into the Big Ten championship, neither one, uh, only one's getting in. But if it's a close game, if it's a one-point game uh, between two very good teams, and then Ohio State or Michigan stops a mud hole in the Big Ten West, champ. And then you looked around and you said, okay, who's won conference championships? And then you got to keep score. You got to start keeping score. You got to hope that if USC makes the Pac 12 championship, they get beat. You got to hope that if Texas Christian makes the Big 12 championship and they clinched, they get beat, right? You got to hope that either Clemson or UNC take a loss. And then that other team takes a loss in the ACC championship game. Okay, and then you got to hope that Georgia takes care of business against LSU and Tennessee starts to look bad. You got to have a lot going on. You got to have chaos, right? That's that's how you get two Big Ten champs in. Now, how do you get three SEC teams in? Actually, a lot simpler based on this ranking. Georgia's getting in. Okay, we could say that. Nobody here expects Georgia to lose any regular season games that are left. Good grief. Uh, Georgia Tech, thoughts and prayers. Then they make the Big Ten, or the, excuse me, the SEC championship game. Cool. They win it, or they don't. What if they don't? Well, they're playing LSU, okay? What if LSU wins? Ooh, now we got a party. So if LSU manages to knock off a team that we all believe is Voltron, you know, that, uh, a team that we all believe is uh, Super Saiyan Blue, in, uh, is on its Super Brawly in Georgia, you're going to probably look around and say, ooh, damn, now we got to talk about LSU in a different way. And if Tennessee continues to drop 60-plus on whomever it remains to play, like they got South Carolina this weekend, they go beat the hell out of South Carolina or run up the score, they could be in that spot. So you're looking at this, and you're also saying, okay, what if Ohio State and Michigan, the winner, loses the Big Ten championship game? Again, we have a party. If USC loses in a Pac-12 championship game, again, we have a party. If Texas Christian loses in the Big 12 championship game, again, we have a party. But you're you're got – you have to have so many things go right. Basically, you need four conference champions that have two losses or more. Or you need the conference champion to be so clear in, say, LSU thumping out Georgia by, like, 40, that it's impossible for you to fathom. And then you got to go back to your book and say, who's been good? Now, I know this is a lot convoluted, but this is where I'm at, right? Like, this is this is two straight weeks of me doing this show with absolutely nothing to tell you new because, frankly, I want to expand it playoff, but I need to play it as it lies. And as it lies right now, chalk holds up. We're only going to get one spot of movement. It's probably going to be Tennessee, USC, or LSU in that spot. But the only way we absolutely positively get chaos is if LSU somehow beats Georgia. Then you're going to have to look around and say, do you think a two-loss LSU is better than an undefeated Texas Christian? And I can't wait for that conversation because there's a whole bunch of people in Texas that can't wait to go at the Gaylord Texan or wherever the hell it is that they're having their soirees putting together these rankings and go at somebody's neck. Because an undefeated Power 5 champion has never been left out of said college football playoff. But what if they decided to do that? Yo! Text Christian would be mad not once, but twice. Angry Horn Frog. My God. Angry Battle Frogs. Here for it. Here for it. In the meantime, let's just see what happens this Saturday. See what happens Thanksgiving week. And then see what happens in the Big Ten, SEC, ACC, Pac-12 championships, Big 12 championships. And we'll take it from there. All right.
That is going to do it for this episode of the number one college football show. My thanks as always to our lead producer, Tyler Wojak. Our senior producer is Catherine Donnelly. That is Chaz Boulay directing for us. My uh, sincere thanks thanks to Gabe Cross-Sable, who has taken us live. And our social media maven is Javion Duncan. Our lead of screening is Rachel Cohen. I'm the host, RJ. We will see y'all live and direct on Saturday night to recap the week of action that was. Doses. <laughs>